Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. MJF turning babyface. I hope so, because it feels like everyone else in AEW right now is trying to turn heel for realsies. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, DAD. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review Podcast for their third anniversary, no less. A, a stage in their growth as a promotion where they've put aside all the backstage fighting and dis- disagreements. It was funny. So, to peel back the curtain somewhat, I didn't know there was a backstage fight while watching this show. Neither did I. I only found out when I went to go and look at, uh, listen to Stephen Larson's review of it, and that was their lead. And they talked about it there. So I was watching this anniversary thing, and I was like, look how far this company's come in three years. What a lovely little celebratory night this has been. Uh-oh, I see then as I open up Twitter. Now the poison, the backstage poison of Larry the dog has been removed from AEW. Everything's been totally fine since. Oh, it's been... Uh, everything has been coming up Millhouse mm. for AEW. I can't think of a bad thing that's happened. Please, give us a subscribe, press the thumbs up button. Of course, we've got Extreme Rules stuff coming this weekend with mine and Luke's review, so you don't want to miss that. Uh, leave us a comment down below with what you thought of... Uh, this episode of Dynamite and get in your redacted chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support or read out every single one of them over five US dollars. And also a big thank you to this episode's sponsor, 1PW. 1PW indeed. I have seen because it's on Fight TV tonight. However, because I'm super duper special and I've got the inside track, I've seen the show already. I haven't watched the full thing yet, but I watched a few. I watched Jamie Hayter, AEW's Jamie Hayter versus Session Moth Martina in an absolute corking match because Jamie Hayter is awesome. Who else? Do you know who else is on the show? A freaking dream match of Cara Noir, who I don't know how familiar American fans are going to be because he was really taking off 2019 uh, in progress, I guess, but he's sort of a big... Um, he's Black he's, Swan style wrestler. He is Black Swan. He's incredible. Um, but then you've had the pandemic. 
he is facing Christopher Daniels. AEW's Christopher Daniels, the fallen angel, one of like our favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, just booking those two together is so exciting. I've seen a few of the shots because, um, yeah, I just wanted to see what it looked like. And oh my God, like just Cara Noir doing his entrance, the post-match stuff. Mwah. Cara Noir, like I saw him in Nottingham in like a little mm. like um like gymnasium hall in front of about sort of like 30 80 people and at first time i saw his entrance like oh my god what a star yeah. like this guy's it he's got everything was was he on the wrestlegate R show, WrestleGate show where well, hangman yeah. page he was on that show yeah. yeah 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 amazing yeah when hangman page the first ever aew match i was there, i re oh reacted <laughs> to it yeah and that like you know that was huge but i think the main thing you and laurie were talking about after that show was Oh my god, Cara Noir. Noir. <laughs> oh my god, you're using Cara Noir. But it's yeah, awesome. there's also um I spoke about him on my news on Monday, Luke Jacobs. I saw him on the New Japan show. He's on this card as well, uh in in uh as a singles wrestler and a, a six man, I think. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, yeah, it's really exciting. British wrestling is starting to come alive again. It I really, feel. really is. And one PW are leading that charge. So yeah. Tonight, <laughs> excuse me, Thursday, fight TV. $14.99. Please go over there. There's more information in the link in the video description below. Oh, I think I've just done a thing where I've made uh, tomorrow's um, Blackpool Content Club accidentally live. <laughs> Let's leave that quickly. Like right now? Yeah, it went live at three o'clock. When I did the schedule thing, because I'm so used to doing it for the rest of Talk News, <sighs> doing it for the day before. Oh, well. You love doing that this month. I know. It's the second time I've done it, no less. Uh... Yes. So, right. We'll get it. We'll show you some clips of 1PW in a bit because uh, it looks magnificent, I think. But right now we're going to talk about MJF versus Wheeler Utah and an interesting wrinkle in the post-match stuff. Mm -hmm. So first off, MJF, Wheeler Utah. It's been a feud that's been building over the last couple of weeks. I think they've done a very good job with it. I particularly love the go-home angle last week. This was a great match. So good. MJF's first match in 129 29 days. days. This was such... Like, I wrote in my notes here, well, this is very good professional wrestling. Mm. And then it only got better from there. This series of like two count spots that they were doing, the, the core strength that these two had to be able to do that and not look tired by the end of it was insane. And then Wheelie Uch went on this absolute tear. Mm. I, I thought this match was amazing. It was always predictable, I think, that MJF was going to win. I never bought Wheeler Utah winning. No. But th this was like, just, yeah, like you said, bell to bell. They told a great story. It had the feud going in. Um, there was that moment. There was also a recurring spot where MJF would just roll away from Utah getting to do a splash. And on the last one, MJF rolled away, but Utah was like, ah, screw it. And he let, not as far as I think he would have looked better, but I, I appreciate the setup and payoff there. Indeed, yeah. MJF rolled like three quarters of the way across mm. the ring and even flipped him off while he did it. And Willie <laughs> was like, oh, I'll do it anyway. And he did this big diving thing. Um, MJF reversed the seatbelt into Salt of the Earth, but Utah wasn't tapping out. And then he rolled it into an Oopa Dupa Salt <laughs> of the Earth for the win. He's added a new submission to his arsenal. Yeah, I, I look great. You, look you awesome. know, it wasn't just the usual on the ground, but he was sort of like, on his knees, standing up, yeah. screaming, pulling back. It was really, really yeah. great. Also, loved seeing MJF win clean. That's an important part of this story, I think. There was no firm involvement. There was no referee shenanigans. There was nothing behind the referee's back. 
Max just won clean, and afterwards, Wheeler Utah, as is the combat club's ROH-influenced way, stood up and went... The better man won on the day. Yeah. So he offered out the handshake. Even though they've shared some very nasty words to each other Indeed. over the last two weeks. I mean, William Regal was very upset that MJF put his hands on Tony Schiavone. Mm. At the start of this, he was like, you know me, I'm an ODV. I'm an ordinary, decent villain. <laughs> but I would have never, ever done what MJF did to you, Mr. Schiavone. Yeah, but they've got this code of honour, the Blackpool Combat Club, where if someone best them, yep, you, you were the better hand. man on that day. You would have put Saudi's hand. And Utah and MJF have this nice shared history that Max brought up last week of traveling for years on the independent scene to get to the AEW level. And Max sold this like, maybe I will shake your hand. But then that Stokely Hathaway and was it one of the ass was boys? It, no, Lee Moriarty. It was Lee Moriarty. Lee Moriarty blindsided Yuta from the back and, and knocked him down. So you're thinking like, oh, it's MJF and he's got the firm there. He was never going to shake the hand whatsoever. But then MJF pushes Lee Moriarty and said, I didn't ask you to mm. do that. And Stokely Hathaway appears eating this apple. And MJF is shouting at Stokely being like, I haven't asked you to do any of this. And Stokely's basically, he doesn't really say much, but he's like, but we're doing it anyway. Mm. And he hands him the dynamite diamond ring. And it's almost as if putting on that dynamite diamond ring reminded him of who he really is, even though he was quite conflicted by the whole thing and being like, no, this isn't, I wanted to win this on my own. Mm. I want to be the, a champion of this company and make the most money possible. But also I've got this diamond ring and who should stand up from the commentary desk but Tony Schiavone, and he took his T-shirt off, and he ran up. No, he um, <laughs> William Regal stands up, reaches into his jacket pocket, and pulls out the brass knucks. So shiny. Oh, they were very they shiny. They looked beautiful. They had a, a light directly yeah. pointing at them. I think that's what was in the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. That's how they looked. <laughs> yeah, and I never thought of that, that uh, mirror imagery between MJF's diamond ring and William Regal's brass knucks. And so the firm, well, Stokely and, and Lee Moriarty scattered, and MJF was in the ring, and William Regal stands in, he's like, you better run, sunshine, and MJF does so. And the crowd were chanting, you effed up, you mm. effed up. And Taz had this amazing moment, be like, yeah, I do think William Regal made a mistake as well. Uh, <laughs> Taz had a couple of great lines on this. Um, yeah, but really, if you've listened to any of Regal's interviews recently, um, you should be pretty confident that if you're MJF that you can beat the crap out of him because he seems so injured all the time. I'm just constantly hurting. Yeah. It hurts to get up in the morning. Because I'm like, there's no way this is building to a match. It's Unless gonna... Regal has done like the best work. <laughs> like commitment to kayfabe for two years of podcasts. We never thought that the main event of Full Gear was going to be MJF versus <laughs> William Regal for the AEW World Championship. Put that on your bingo card. So, well, given this year, <laughs> the least surprising thing. So this, um, there's a few points here. Obviously, MJF didn't cheat to win, which is rare for him. He Because even when he can win, he still cheats just for the heel heat of it. He didn't want to beat up Utah. Um, you know, the, usually with these sorts of angles, MJF will look like he's genuinely going to do something good. But then, aha, uh -huh, I'm still a douchebag. You're all marks. Look that the, wasn't what happened. In here. the CM Punk feud. Mm -hmm. Remember that promo he cut where, you know, he went to go and see him at the signing. And then he had like, and he bro broke down into tears. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, it's, Punk <clears> comes out like, is all that true? And I was like, yeah. 
But and I don't. Th- I. But then the following week, it was. Uh, of course, I made it all up and did this whole big ruse. Like I don't know if that this is a one of those where like next week it'd be like, of course, I got the firm to come down and attack Wheelie Utah. Your big bunch of big bunch of marks. It's interesting you bring that one up because I think that is one of the examples of Max's angles that is genuine. If I'm just looking at MJF from a story character point of view, he's got this weird layer of emotional vulnerability where there is something inside him that is just this wounded, um, mistreated, sensitive soul. And all the bravado of MJF is is what covers that up. But occasionally it comes through. The only other time it's come through is that CM Punk promo. I don't look back at that. And I never have done. And I don't think it's intentional that that was all a ruse. That was Max making up for the fact that, oh, crap, I let my heart out a bit too much there. I think this is the same. May, I mean, maybe it is. This did feel like... I think it was because he was shouting at Lee Moriarty and shouting at the firm that maybe, like, you know, he's brought the firm in, they're his faction on retention, that maybe they are taking over and actually he can't control the beast that Stokely Hathaway is actually controlling, which I think would be more impressive if it wasn't a group featuring the Ass Boys. Yeah, yeah. But and there's, uh, but there is an interesting story to be told there, I, I think. No, no, especially considering all of Max's factions that he has controlled. Yeah. To have that backfire on him would be you know a way to turn him baby face i don't think this is a baby face term no um i but i think it is a it it lay adds another layer of depth to max's character which i love um but also long term i think everyone thinks he might have to be a baby face so this could actually foreshadow something down the line. I think maybe MJF is one of those people, like a bit like FTR, where they're like, oh, they'll never, like, they're best at heels. They're mm. such good heels. And then they end up being babyface and they're an incredible babyface. So maybe MJF will be one of those guys. And I think, you know, some people thought when he came back, we may get a bit of a babyface run out of MJF because of the way that he left the company for that brief period of time. And he instantly went back to being the Max of old. Mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe this is a new wrinkle into that Max character. We could get a babyface run out of him. I think he does need to be healed by the end of 2023, though, because that's the whole deal of I want to go to WWE and take the title with me. And I think he needs to be a heel in that scenario for that storyline to really Mm. work. Or or maybe he comes back as a face. You know, I didn't go there and I'm still the champion. Could be. All along, why did you doubt me? I don't know. Um, But one thing I can be sure of is in two weeks time, just before or or just before full gear, he is definitely going to be heel when he punches William Regal with a diamond ring. Yeah. Because I don't think Regal's having a match, but I think he would take just a bump like that. Exactly. And that is going to be nuclear heat. If they do that in Cincinnati. And again, they did say on commentary, MJF, because they were talking about uh, Moxley and Hangman, and they said it's going to be Hangman going after Moxley for the... Well, if Moxley's the champion comes Cincinnati. Yeah. Because MJF can cash his chip in at any time. So it is... They are treating it like it's money in the bank, Mm. but I don't think they've been overtly clear (laughs) that that's what it is. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Let's see what you all think on the redacted chats. Please uh, keep getting them in to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Charles Berg is always in the chat. Stone Cold was an honorable a-hole. He was a face, but also a bad person. So a face MJF can work. So was The Rock, I would add to that. Mm -hmm. In regards to the most recent fight, I blame AEW execs for it. It was telegraphed, and they should have made sure both men were kept separate from each other. Well, going by all the the reports, (laughs) Charles, they were. There was security like separating them out but it still managed to happen Mm. so they did do something to make sure they were kept separate from each other they just didn't do a great job of it uh riot dr memberg for seven months hey yo would mjf make a great baby face yes should he be one not right now aw needs top heels other than that other than mjf we have jericho and yeah good point who's at the top of the card w morrissey I, I just by Satnam Singh. <laughs> I do. Jay, is Jay Lethal? Christian Cage, maybe? Is that the number three heel in the promotion? Yeah, I guess he could be. Swerve is sort of in the mix, but he's in the tag division. Uh, but yeah, I agree, I think. But this babyface tease could set up one for when it is time. 
Uh, Liam Leonard, Memberg for 14 months. MJF is such a character, everything matters and everything makes you ask questions. I, I absolutely love MJF and I'm so glad he's, he's back as well because he's been a, a really mm. needed presence on the show, I feel. We'll just do a few more. Don't mind me, I'm at work on a night celebrating AEW's past it. Past, it bookended with AEW's future. The night started with Utah and ended with Garcia. Both guys are under 25 years old. Too bad that this promotion keeps shooting themselves in the foot, but I can't wait to see where it goes from here. Yeah, I, 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 the whole segment. I mean, that whole feud is about building Garcia. And it's been a lot of this year building Utah as well. I'd add in MJF and Guevara. Absolutely. They're very young as well, and they're, you know, they're a step ahead of where Garcia and Utah are at, but it's mm -hmm. all good development. Uh, James Zimmerman, happy National Scissoring Day. Women's division is on the right track, and there were more video packages this week to hype up matches. I'm so happy to be enjoying wrestling again, unlike the dark days of 2010 Raw. Appreciate what we got now, guys. Well, I know you do. That's a good point. As much as everybody says, oh, it's, it's rough right now, remember 2010 Raw. We Remember, heel Michael Cole. I was going to say, I think I said this to you the other day. Like, Raw has now, you know, because Triple H has got all of his big shocks, his big surprises, big returns sort of out of his system. Raw is now settling in to its three out of five ways, which I think is a good thing. It's consistent storytelling to build to very excellent pay-per-views. Mm. Then go back to some lovely, simple, consistent storytelling, excellent pay-per-views. It's a wonderful way to conduct business, and I'm very, very happy for it. Makes it very hard for me to write titles for my videos <laughs> and stuff, but that's, that's a different question. It's a different point, rather. But I would much rather take all of this than Raw we had in 2020. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, I want someone to crap the bed every now and then. <laughs> Where's retribution? I feel like I'm never going to get a raw underground again. That's what I'm, yeah. You want a raw, uh, throwing something against the wall. Lesbian wedding. Remember that? Yeah, Lana and, Lana uh, and Liv Morgan. Morgan. That's how Liv Morgan came back. She oh. was in a bath. And then... Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I miss no, it. No, I suppose we just got to have good wrestling. <laughs> Consistent programming. Ugh, good <laughs> promos. Ugh. Who said wrestling fans are never happy? <laughs> Michaela Traub, paper covers rock, pal. I wish that didn't make me laugh as hard as it did. I love that moment from Sterling. Also, I loved the women's segment last night. Willow should absolutely be built to the moon and take the TBS belt. I'm starting to get a bit hopeful about the forward momentum. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd cover that in the women's division part, but yeah, I, I agree. Enrique Jr. for now. Uh, I'm a bit ashamed that two fantastic Hispanic wrestlers got into a fight backstage right after that awesome Bandido match. Thankfully, William Regal being the best made me forget immediately. He should be cherished for all time. He should. He is. Uh, right, keep getting those redacted chats in. The WrestleTalk.com forward slash support will read out every single one of them over five US dollars. But also, here's a look at 1PW's show that goes live tonight. British wrestling's most historic promotions of all time returns after over a decade's absence for a huge night of action. Amassing stars from all over the globe, One Pro Wrestling presents a new twist of fate, exclusively on Fight TV, coming this Thursday, October 6th at 9pm GMT and 4pm EST. The show features an incredible selection of matches, some for the first time ever, including Rob Van Dam versus Mark Haskins, Christopher Daniels taking on Cara Noir, AEW's Jamie Hayter battling Session Moth, Robbie X going against Ace Austin, 
Plus see in-ring appearances from Colt Cabana, Nikki James, Nick Aldis, Doug Williams, D'Lo Brown, and too many more stars to mention. Coming from the sold-out Doncaster Dome, One PW's return has already been the talk of social media. And now you'll be able to see exactly what the buzz is all about. From top-level in-ring action to possibly the craziest balcony dive ever on the UK scene. Witness independent wrestling history get made all over again this Thursday. Watch One PW, a new twist of fate for only $14.99 this Thursday on Fight TV. Check out the link in the video description for more details. This is a new twist of fate. That goddamn <laughs> balcony dive. It's all we've been watching this week. I showed it to you yesterday for the first time. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. But yeah, that's in it. Um, Cara Noir is the guy in the face paint that you would have seen. Robbie X. With the cool jacket, uh, and of course Rob Van Dam, Christopher Daniels, D'Lo Brown. We were just watching because we got the monitor up here to kind of you know control the stream and stuff. And Holly just went, D'Lo Brown. I forgot D'Lo was there. <laughs> it was like a surprise for the show. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, please do go check that out because British wrestling seems to be starting up again, and it needs all the help it can get. So check them out. Support One PW. Watch that show on Fight TV tonight. Right, so this episode of AEW Dynamite, we started with the opener. Max and uh, Wheeler Utah, third anniversary show. Then we went into the JAS, cutting a promo on Daniel Garcia. Sammy Guevara just stepped forward, said, said one line, and the crowd just went, Whoa! I honestly thought, I was like, man, who'd have thought that getting all those Twitters, like, you know, putting out those tweets would get them such heat, not knowing that there had been a big backstage fight. So would everyone have known about this? Well, Fightful Select put it out before the show started. I love doing that. <laughs> so I think the show, so I would imagine, you know, if one person's in the arena with, Spread, their, yeah. with their Patreon app open to get that, it's like, oh, have you heard? 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 Everyone in the building subscribed to Fightful Select. Um, I, I thought the video package to hype up the tag match, to call it mm -hmm. three years in the making, it's about like Jericho and uh, Sammy, were there like day one as a tag team, really, mm. you know, as a, as a team when they formed the inner circle. Then Danielson coming in, Daniel Garcia coming in. And then during this promo, 2.0 were just talking about the hat. And Jake Hager off mic just shouts, I love this hat! <laughs> Never change, Jake. I've uh, in my nose. That's the best thing he's done in three years. <laughs> um, the Wardlow MMA match. <laughs> I love it. It's the best thing he's done in three years. Thanks for debuting, Jake. We then got Jay Lethal versus Darby Allen. Um, this was, you know, fine. I think it went under 10 minutes. Uh, the story was that Jay did not want Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh at ringside. They came out on the entrance ramp anyway, watched on. Jay Lethal was like, what are you doing here? And that allowed Darby to get a technical pin and win. Yeah, he locked in the Last Supper. Of course, Jay Lethal, as your accent showed there, famously from New York. What are you doing here? <laughs> well, I suppose he's from Elizabeth, New Jersey. Yeah. So maybe it's basically the same thing, I think. The New York area. Uh, 
I've got a bit of a, a, a promo to cut, if you don't mind, on uh, the the agents and producers of AEW, perhaps the the bookers as well. If your big storyline and you have in the opening match is uh, heel MJF wanting to shake hands with babyface Wheelie Utah and trying to separate himself away from a faction of other baddies, maybe don't do the exact same angle in the the match that precedes it, or the match that comes after it. Like, you just did the <clears throat> same angle at the end of... Also, in this match, Agents, they did a series of reversal pins, which they did in the MJF Wheelie Utah match. Have a word, chat to each other. Here's what we're doing in our match. Here's what we're doing in our match. Are you doing that spot? We won't do that in ours then. It's the next match. Uh, I think the problem is there's so much security backstage. (laughs) It's very difficult to just communicate things like that. You're right. I said the exact same thing at Grand Slam. We got, was it three uh, back-to-back referee missed the thing finishes? And yeah, that paid off, I guess, on Rampage when the referee did catch something. But since then, there's been no follow-up. So yeah, it does, it does just look sloppy. Um, so yeah, yeah, it, I don't care. It's, it's <laughs> the, that's the the bigger thing here. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know what Darby's doing. I don't know what um, Jay Lethal yeah. really is doing. Well, it feels like from, the, splitting up from Satnam Singh. Yeah, they only just got together in my mind, or maybe it's because they've not really done anything apart from feud with the absent Samoa Joe for two months. Yeah, <clears throat> it's unfortunate, a uh, bit of a botch. Then we got goddamn the embassy, one of my favorite. <laughs> you remember I used to. I was going to say when Prince Nana came on screen, I was like, oh, Ollie Davis is a happy boy. It's it's curious, isn't it? Because I don't know if anybody else has these kinds of people. But I don't love them. Like, I'm not like an obsessive fan about them. But God damn, do I enjoy it when they appear. And Prince Nana has always been a guy. The moment I saw him, I was like, you know, 2010 Ring of Honor. I was like, hey, that works. Yeah. That works for me. It's Shark Boy. So to just see him pop up with Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony. I, if this had been reported, I either missed it or forgot about it. It was, was, it, it, happened was Prince the, Nana. it happened on the last Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Yes. Yeah, but... In my head, it just overwritten with Tully. Yeah, because I think Nana took it over from Tully and they sort of like broke up the Tully yeah. group and then just made it the embassy. I remember that, um, but I kind of forgot oh, yeah. that it had happened. Well, it's because it hasn't been on TV <laughs> for the last three months. So then Wardlow has a match against Brian Cage, who's in the uh, embassy faction. This is my match of the night. I love this. I'm, I, I, You know, we all say it, and I think we all know it, that we miss Brian Cage a lot. I, I, yeah, he's great. Yeah, not not my not my favorite promo in the world. No, he is the man of a thousand terrible nicknames. He's he's really giving John Morrison a run for his money for bad wrestling nicknames. I genuinely, unironically, love the Swolverine. It's a, what what other bad names has he got? I suppose it's just the machine. I think it's just the Swolverine really <laughs> irritates me. I just think it's the worst wrestling nickname I've ever heard. It's like it sounds like something we'd come up with for Patreon. I can come up with something that good. <laughs> But uh, I wrote in my notes here, this is big hoss-like action. Huh. Then Wardlow did a Hurricane Rana, and so Cage did one too, and then did a 619. They just started working like Bandido was coming for their spot. <laughs> <laughs> I better do it as well. Oh no, they've signed Bandido. That's, those are the moves I do. Quick, do a step-up moonsault. But you're, you're 280 pounds, Wardlow. Uh, yeah, Wardlow just like 
Did the, the sort of Daniel Bryan run up the turnbuckle yeah. flip backwards? What, what, like the, the whisper in the wind? <laughs> uh, but then you've still got all the impressive strength stuff, which Bandito is also coming for you. Uh, you know, cage, deadlift, moonsault, not moonsault, suplex off of the bottom rope. And uh, fiery headbutt exchange. And then Wardlow just hits that powerbomb symphony and... and yeah, I think he hits four in total and gets the win. Overall, like five, seven minutes, but that's exactly what it wanted to be. This was a sort of punk rock, heavy metal song of a match. Uh, I really enjoyed it. But see, they, the Powerbomb Symphony did the end because he hit one and there's like, oh, he's not going to do another one, is he? So he hit the second one. The crowd like, oh, he's not going to do a third one, is he? And he did and immediately rolled him mm. up to do the fourth one. The crowd pops huge for that fourth one. Wardlow's very good at controlling the crowd and knowing when to hit the next Powerbomb mm. to get the maximum noise out of the crowds very very smart at that it's the most i've enjoyed wardlow uh i think it's best he's looked god in months yeah probably um, since he won the belt so hopefully they can continue this because he's a he's a difficult character to book right now with the belt um but this was a great showing i just want to say this uh because i don't want to fantasy book something and we all get hung up on it but my god he wardlow hits the first power bomb on brian cage and then there was a moment when I thought, is Brian Cage going to jump up and no-sell this? And that, but then he hit a second one. And I thought, oh, my God, I want someone to do that, though, eventually. Who could, Ishii. I mean, if you're going to do it, he's the lad to do it. Wardlow right? Ishii <laughs> on Forbidden Door 9. And, yeah, powerbomb, powerbomb. But off the second powerbomb, Ishii just hops up and goes, Rah! Oh, my God. And then suplexes him. Yeah, the big <laughs> dense cake that he is. Uh, so then the embassy come down, Gates of Agony and Prince Nana. They start beating up Wardlow. Wardlow's new best mate, Samoa Joe, of uh, Ward Joe fame, comes down to save him. But the numbers still don't work out. So outcome FTR. Yeah, the, so we have the uh, pretty much an ROH group <coughs> of Prince Nana, Brian Cage and Gates of Agony. Who runs down to make the save? But the ROH television champion, Samoa Joe, and the ROH tag team champions, FTR. And it really feels like Tony just wants to get to this ROH TV deal now. Mm -hmm. And so he's just doing, like, and I, I feel like it must be in place because he's doing so much Ring of Honor stuff on TV, focus on Ring of Honor stuff. So we can then be like, hey, guys, if you want to see this pay off, we're going to have this pay-per-view here and then we're going to start a weekly TV show. And then all of the Ring of Honor stuff will no longer be on Dynamite and just on Ring of Honor TV. And then that'll do 300,000 viewers uh, <laughs> on a Friday at 11 p.m. And then he'll eventually give up on that as well. Like he, like he did Rampage. I, um, yeah, I, everything they're doing, it's makes perfect sense. It's what I would have done in a similar position. Build up this new brand in your show, launch it elsewhere. Uh, maybe I would have had more of a sort of an invasion original storyline as well. But that's the only thing I could add. But I just like, just timing wise, I just don't think now is the period to focus on this new ROH thing when you really need to repair AEW and the AEW roster. So that's why I, I, I actually like a lot of this ROH stuff, but I don't think it should be as much of a priority as it is. No, I mean, there's a bit of a spoiler for Blackpool Content Club for tomorrow, which some of you accidentally saw a bit earlier. Hmm. Um, thank you. Do you know what? Best thing about that was everyone posted the title of the video, which means everyone had their uh, notifications on. So thank you all. Um, is I said in that video, we don't want to give this man too much credit because he gets enough of it already. 
But Ollie Davis was right when he said Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor might have an impact on AEW. Everyone in that live chat was really on you and Pete for not being super hyped about the Ring of Honor thing. And as it turns out, just like those NXT call-ups that you said were going to be a bad idea when it was Champa, Gargano, Black, and Ricochet, here we, here we find ourselves again. <laughs> I've been waiting so long. <laughs> I just want everyone to tell me I'm right all the time. <laughs> and people used to. <laughs> <laughs> and they did it for so long. They said I was wrong. So it's extra sweet. And I don't even care that a whole company's almost been ruined because of it. <laughs> but now I'm more right. You are right. Do you know what else you were right about? I think Forbidden Door did distract <laughs> from weekly TV. I'm obviously upset about it all. Uh, Britt Baker then cut a promo backstage saying Sir Raya will not be wrestling in AEW because she hasn't been medically cleared. Yeah, she got the inside scoop. Mm. She's uh, Sean Ross Baker over here <laughs> with the inside track saying she definitely will not wrestle. And then when like all the baddies were making their... Um, not Cargill's group, but the, the heels were making their entrance. And the commentators were like, oh, I don't know where Baker's getting her information from. I was like, all right, so Soraya's clear to wrestle, then we're definitely doing that match. Well, I, I didn't think that. I was just like, they still don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they're just filling time. But then we got, so happy to say this, just like a banging six-woman tag. This is awesome. Jamie Hayter, uh, Serena D, Penelope Ford versus Willow Nightingale, Athena, and Tony Storm. I think, yet again, Hayter, Deeb, and Nightingale were absolute standouts here. Um, and there's, yeah, it was only, I think it was under 10 minutes, but everyone got their moves, and this felt like a normal, you know, regardless of gender, a normal great six-person tag. My only complaint <laughs> I have about this is that the uh, the person that the heels were working over was Tony Storm. Now, I've got no issue with your heels, uh, sorry, your, your, your champs being the people that are worked over. It's one of the things we were talking recently about um, oh, Keith Lee. And so mm. one of my favorite things about Keith Lee is he's not afraid to be the big man that gets worked over, even though he's you know, one of the half of the tag team champions and this and the other. I don't mind Tony Storm being the one that's worked over, but the focus of this match was actually Willow Nightingale. Like it was getting Willow mm. over because they're going to do Willow yeah. versus um, Jade Cargill at Battle of the Belts this Friday. Which just means that once again, Tony Storm, as the interim AEW Women's World Champion, doesn't feel like the focus of the division. And what works for John Moxley as interim champion is that he was the focus of the mm. men's division, and he was always presented as the champion, the top guy. And I don't think Tony Storm is being presented as the top woman in her division. She actually feels like she's about fourth, maybe. Certainly behind Soraya, Britt Baker, and Jamie Hayter. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, you know, then with this Will and Nightingale starting to take over. And I've got no problem with other people. Like, Hayter getting over, I think, is a wonderful thing. But Tony should be presented as the top of the league because mm -hmm. she's the champion. I think that's a fair comment. Um, but yeah, this is, this is a good week for the women's division. And we don't get to say that often. Um, it feels like a step forward. And yeah, maybe Soraya's... Uh, so Reyes, sorry, her promo was terrible last week. That whole segment sure was, was rubbish. But I think, like you said, so you were right, maybe it is good because it is making Tony focus more on the women's division. And even though this is, it really is, let's chuck all the women in one, one segment. 
But this week it worked. But it's also built off the story that they set up last week. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I I don't mind this being a. And actually, when it was, they announced it, I was really excited mm. for it. So I was like, oh cool, I get to see six wrestlers I really like have a trios match. I love trios matches. And Nightingale got the win, as you said. Uh, she's she's great. Um, afterwards, Britt and Soraya started exchanging fists, and you had a big scuffle. And pa yeah, Paige got physical. She did, but mm. it really was only throwing a few punches. Uh, she would—I don't think she had any punches thrown back. She I didn't take. She certainly didn't take any bumps. She didn't know, but I think we're still building to that moment. If I was a betting man, she is cleared, but mm. they're keeping it under wraps and are doing a very good job of doing so because I think we're getting Soraya versus Baker at full gear. But we're going to just tease this and tease and tease this. Like the first week of teasers, like. Here I am. Second week of tease, not really saying what I'm doing. Third week was Baker saying, guys, she's not cleared. Mm -hmm. She's definitely never <laughs> going to wrestle again. And then you had her get physical here. And you just build this and build this builds, and then you announce her return match. I, yeah, I think that's a wasted opportunity. I think if you're going to do it this way, you do not let Soraya get physical at all. So when Baker does push her over or, you know, she takes a bump, everyone's like, oh my God. You either then at that point have Paige stand right back up and they have a full-on brawl, or you work that as an injury angle for it's a true. couple of weeks, yeah, yeah. and then the big reveal, the week of the pay-per-view, is neck brace off. Yeah, maybe. And, but you can't do that because they've, you know... Shot the load early. Yeah. Uh, Jose uh, and Roosh show private party some evidence. I wasn't really paying attention, I'm afraid to so say. I was just thinking, oh, Andrade is not there. yeah. You know, I, I, I say this on Content Club tomorrow, but I actually didn't even register that A, he wasn't in the segment, or that B, you know, later on when they announced the Dark Order's trios match, mm. I just kept looking. I was like, who's the third guy on the Dark Order's yeah, team? Because yeah. Ten's in that match with Andrade. So yeah. who's the, I thought Alan Angel's left. Like, who's the other? Who's this guy in a mask? Uh, then we got a superb 15, 20 minutes, I think. It went long. It went long. Could have gone longer for me. <laughs> National Scissor Day, and it was Scissoring Day. Sorry, Scissoring Day. This was in Washington D.C., so a lot of the Max Caster comedy was based around politicians and being ineffective and Biden stuttering. But they actually admirably wove in quite a nice, heartwarming message about scissoring, bringing people together. So, I my wife was in the room while this was happening. And, you know, they're wearing T-shirts that say, Scissor me, daddy ass. <laughs> and they've got the guy constantly shouting, Scissor me, daddy ass. And then another guy being like, turn to your fellow American to your left, throw up your twos, and scissor your neighbor. And they all just start scissoring each other <laughs> in the crowd. With big smiles. With huge smiles on the face. Enormous eruptions when they, like, and when they did the big three-way one at the end, and everyone was going, oh, hey! My wife just was like, what are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> I said, look, there are some things in wrestling that just get over and you cannot explain why. And she was like, but someone needs to explain this. <laughs> I was like, I don't think you can. It's, it just got over in the biggest way. Yeah. It's uh, so some things, a lot of things uh, in wrestling. I am embarrassed when <laughs> someone walks into a room and sees it and i'm like oh yeah it's 
it's uh yeah so it's it was the attitude era it was a different time is it, they, they called it raw underground yeah. this i do not care no nope. if they if someone comes in and goes what on earth are you watching i'm like that's your problem this yeah. is excellent I was gonna, when my wife was looking to be puzzled i just went scissor me though <laughs> <laughs> they are so over i get as much joy from the whole act as I do from just seeing Billy Gunn smile. But he's he is, having a great time. He is infectiously happy. <laughs> he's having, he hasn't had this much fun in wrestling since 1998. He doesn't care that D-Generation X are having a reunion show. It's way more fun. <laughs> this tag is way more over than DX will be next week on the Raw season <laughs> premiere. They were, the crowd were going ballistic for everything that these lads were saying. Oh, and, and so many great bits of this. It went long, but I don't, I thought, Everything worked uh, for I, me. I loved him calling, like in that sort of politician way. He was doing like, like the politician point mm-hmm. when uh, Anthony Bowens was making his like his address because they had like a podium and doing it as like a big state of address thing, calling them Keith Lee and Sneaky Swerve, doing that politician mm-hmm. thing of branding someone mm-hmm. with a with a stupid name. He's like Sneaky Swerve in there. I thought it was really really cool. And they were about to do the big three way scissor when Swerve Strickland comes out and he looks at the ring and said. This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Which was and great heel heat. And he's, he's not wrong, but, I, but he is wrong. I must say, uh, I always looked at the acclaimed and I'm like, well, Max Caster's your promo guy. Anthony Bowens is your wrestler, right? And he's got a cool voice to do that one bit in the intro at the end. Hot damn, Anthony Bowens cut a hell of a promo. Well delivered, mm-hmm. impassioned, yep. and for a long time. No fluffs. That is very difficult to do. He was awesome. Um, so yeah, but like he is actually very complete. Um, I yeah, I always saw Max Castro as like the breakout thing it, yeah, yeah, when yeah. this act were to go their separate ways. But now I'm like, oh my god, Bowens is so so good. Yeah, I, I thought this was a tremendous little segment. <laughs> and Swerve came out and basically laid down the challenge because he's setting them up to do. Swerve in our glory versus the acclaimed three for the tag titles. But first off, he's going to have a match with Daddy Ass next mm. week to get his revenge because he thinks, as does Keith Lee, as he said last week, the tag title should be on Billy's shoulders, not the acclaimed, because Billy won the match for them. So he's going to have a match with Billy Gunn next week. Be curious to see how that goes. If Billy Gunn's going to kick out of anyone's finisher. I was going to say, if it's anything like the Darby <laughs> Allen matches, he'll take 98% of the match and then kick out of some finishes. I'd love to see it. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think I would have preferred Lee Billy Gunn. Just because, like, you know, Daddy Ass is huge. He still He's actually really tall and muscular. You do that next? Yeah, oh, yeah I hope so. Uh, Mark Ste- Swerve, very f- for a while I was like, why is he just brought out a rock? And then it hit me. Rock beat scissors. Yeah, he brought out this rock and he was like, rock beat scissors. And then Mark Sterling comes out and he says, paper beats rock. I've always said Popped that me. I've always said that Swerve is a joke around here. Mm. So I want I'm gonna represent the acclaimed in their fight against Swerve Strickland. So they just beat up Mark, they just beat up uh, Mark Sterling. Yeah. Did the three-way scissor. And just before they before he left, it was like, Swerve, before you go, I accept your challenge. Mm. And that's on for next week. Excellent. Really good sports entertainment stuff. Sport. I was sports entertained. It's not a dirty word anymore. Uh, Dark Order cut a promo about how they're going to win the trios titles this Friday on the anniversary of Brody Lee's last match. He, I assume that's happening there. Yeah, yeah, put the belts on them. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, sucks I mean, for Death not, Triangle. It's not like Death Triangle are doing anything <laughs> with them. 
Uh, Madison Rain and Sky Blue were having an interview. Rain sees something in Sky Blue. Ty Conti and Anna Jay say, you're not entertaining. Let's have a match because we're entertaining. That's also happening on Rampage. We got Roosh versus Hangman. Um, yeah, I like this. Hard hitting. Mm. Yeah, it was good. Good stuff, this. But over relatively quick. You know, I feel like Roosh is never going to get over if he just loses yeah. seven-minute matches to the top guys. Yeah, I think so. And I, I fear that with all of the Andrade stuff, which obviously we'll, we'll get into when we get to the main event, he may find himself a bit directionless. Mm. And I think that's been part of the problem is because Andrade's had no direction, <clears throat> Roosh, by extension, has had no direction either. Yeah. Uh, but Jose. Grant. Uh, the MJF was shown watching on backstage because... He could be facing Hangman, uh, but Hangman won um decent match. Then Private Party come out to do Andrade's bidding, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah because... Jose had told Rouge. them earlier, you are never around when we need you, so you need yeah. to come out and back us up. But then Mox came through the crowd, scared them off, and cut an excellent promo on Hangman and told that story of how it's been three years. They've never fought isn't that amazing? Yeah. Isn't that absolutely amazing? And he said, I need to beat you to show that I am the one true top guy in AEW. Mm. Oh, absolutely money line for that. And then he, you know, threw the mic down and was about to leave. And Hangman Page just grabs the microphone and says, if you're so keen to fight, why don't we just do it now? Do you think that was unplanned? <laughs> Going into business for himself, that oh. dastardly, horrid man, Hangman Page. Can't wait to see Moxley's media scrum. <laughs> and Moxley just picks up the mic and he's like, I'm going to let that slide, kids. Mm. But I've seen a lot of kids like you around here whose mouth say stuff that gets them in trouble. So just watch yourself. Yeah. It was bad ass. Oh, it was so cool. Loved it. I genuinely don't know whether Max will be facing Moxley or Hangman. I, I'm pretty sure it will be Moxley, but they've sown enough doubt in my head with the AW title changing hands <laughs> every other month. Yeah. Uh, I'll bring him a second world win. title. <laughs> yeah. We could both have one. Also, they announced later on in the show as well on Rampage, it's going to be a trios match of the Blackpool Combat Club versus Roosh and Private Party. Mm, okay. It's just nice to see the Blackpool Content Club with a six man tag. Yeah, with everyone's careers on the line. <laughs> Willow challenged Jade for the TBS title backstage. Jade wasn't there in the shop, but she was certainly right here in the shop because then she immediately stepped in. What did you say? It was so badly staged. That's what Jade appears to just hang out in the interview area. That's where she sets up base yeah. at every AEW Dynamite, waiting for a woman to be like, I think I'll challenge for the TBS stars. You, what? What do you mean you're challenging for my belt? She said, quite fairly, I've already beaten you twice. <laughs> and Willow Nightingale's like, yeah, but I just pinned someone in a six-person tag. And Jade's like, all right, whatever, let's do this. Um, Luchasaurus squashed Fuego Del Sol, was going to beat him up more, but Jungle Boy Jack Perry stopped him with a chair and they shouted at each other and it's going to be Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus in Toronto next week, which is a terrible idea because everyone's going to cheer for Christian against Jungle Boy. Depends on what Christian does in this promo beforehand, I think. They're going to cheer him regardless. It may, it may be the case. Depends on how much people really like the theme song, I guess. Yeah, I that's good. cannot count out the theme song. Exactly. Why has Luchasaurus turned heel? Because uh, Christian got injured. 
Yeah, but what's if I was Jungle Boy, and actually not even as Jungle Boy, as a viewer, I am really interested why Luchasaurus has done this. But I've, I'd like, why isn't anybody asking why? They had such a, I had a great story with this when they first did it, when Christian Cage whispered in his ear and he was just, you know, like think of Marco's stunts or remember Marco's stunts. And he got into Luchasaurus's head that actually Jungle Boy was the one who was holding him back and Christian was the one that was pushing him forward. But then they kind of biffed that a little bit when Luchasaurus went babyface mm. again and started teaming with Jungle Boy again. And then they beefed it one more time because you know, he just turned heel again. Mm. And I, we haven't kind of recaptured the magic we had with the first heel turn. Yeah. And also when he was a babyface, he didn't take off the black mask. It's been, it's not been great. It was a very simple story to tell and they managed to beef it in, in seven different categories. Mm. But I think the match next week will be very good. Yeah. Uh, and the main event was Daniel Garcia and Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Chris Jericho again in the main event. It's just so impressive the run he's having right now. And yeah, they had a, a really good tag match. Um, it was built around, obviously, Garcia and Jericho properly getting physical for the first time. I said in my review, and I still think, because I then watched it back, that that moment where they clash should have been nuclear. And I think the crowd went, oi! But it was, I, I took that as a reaction to a spot, not something that was connecting on a deeper level. Yeah, I've seen it when the the mentor and the student go head to head in a hot storyline it's it's great and this was a good crowd so i don't think that this garcia storyline has actually been that well told there's a potential possibility around here if the sammy stuff just overshadowed it because sammy was the one who was getting all the heat in this mm -hmm. match even when Sammy was doing like his usual big special incredible stuff, the crowd were chanting loudly, you still suck. Yeah. Like they were actively against Sammy <clears throat> and, you know, popping for his moves and then be like, oh yeah, but you still suck and we mm. don't like you. Big F you Sammy chance. Sammy, unfortunately, I think here, overshadowed everything that they were doing with mm. Jericho, Danielson and Garcia. And that for me is the detriment to this match. And I think that, could be an explanation as to mm. why the Garcia Jericho stuff didn't get over as big as it should have done. Yeah, possibly. Uh, yeah, it's a good point. Just to wrap up the match, uh, Jericho uh, hit this horrible spine buster on Danielson onto a corner of a table that didn't break, immediately put him through it. And then Garcia had Sammy in the Dragon uh, Tamer, yeah. And Chris Jericho used the ROH title, knocking out Garcia. Sammy got the pin. I love that Sammy was the one that got the pin. Mm. From a storyline perspective, I think it's, I mean, it's uh, it's it's probably not the right choice politically, given, you know, what happened backstage. But I thought storyline-wise, it was the completely the right choice here because mm. Jericho has been, his whole thing with Garcia is, if you stick with us, I can make you a star. And in this match, his protege, Sammy Guevara, got the yeah, pin yeah. here on Garcia. So Garcia, like when he, you know, came to and everything, what he saw was the Jericho Appreciation Society, his group, celebrating on the ramp because they did what they always do, and he could not overcome that. So maybe like Jericho is right, and it's going to create doubt in his mind that I was wrong to believe Danielson, and Jericho was right all along. And the ROH title was the weapon in use, hopefully laying the foundations for Jericho versus Garcia. 
I think, or that belt. I think they'll unify the titles. Yeah. They'd said in this match, Danielson was the guy that unified the pure and ROH ah. titles back in the day. Mm. I think they'll do the same thing at the at final battle. They'll they'll unify the belts there. Um, Jericho yeah. just had, also had a slight look of remorse uh, that he had to do that to Garcia, which I really appreciate from a character depth perspective. Yeah. Uh, and it, you know, unfortunately, I think the backstage fight stuff did overshadow this. It is the uh, topic um, of choice for tomorrow's Blackpool Content Club. Uh, if you haven't seen the news, Andrade and Sammy Guevara got into an, a physical altercation backstage. There were reports about who started it and stuff. Dave Meltzer said, and I believe this is the quote, don't quote me on this, but basically said Andrade was trying to get himself fired mm. because he wants to go back to WWE. And AEW now find themselves in a position where they said, we're not going to release talent. But also, are you going to pay him to sit at home for five years? The also to add, um, apparently, Sammy. Well, well, the reports I've read, Sammy did not throw any punches. No, there so was, was, there's one. So that's why he wasn't sent home, no. and he was still in the main event. Yeah, there's one story apparently because Dave said he's had like five different mm. accounts of what happened, and three of them match up, and another, a fourth one sort of matches up with the other three. But one of the ones is that Sammy did say something to provoke Andrade and that's what made him throw mm. the punch but all of the other reports and back you know people who saw the incident said that Sammy didn't actually get involved it was just yeah. Andrade went after him regardless Sammy does have go away heat right now yeah um of course there was the Kingston stuff Eddie Kingston himself has said that was my fault guys um, <laughs> But I, th I think it all stems from the stuff at the start of the year, the TNT title, the Conti stuff, the botch baby face run, the months of uncertainty with him and Scorpio Sky. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just his name always seems to be floating around controversy. And that isn't a good place to be. It's a, it's a shame because he is so impressive. Yeah, he really is. Mm -hmm. But uh, we'll talk about this more on the Blackpool Content Club tomorrow here on the Rest Talk Podcast channel. Myself, Tempest, and Pete dive into all of this news and what can AEW do next? And what does it mean to not release someone from their contract? The sort of uh, argued hypocrisy amongst wrestling fans that WWE should 100% have uh, released Mustafa Ali when he asked but they should keep Andrade, mm. AEW should keep Andrade under contract because he did a bad thing over there. We kind of talk about like where that hypocrisy comes from and what it actually might mean. Uh, it's a really, really good conversation and I'm really looking forward to everyone watching it. Uh, overall, I gave this show 75%. Uh, someone said, you're mad. This is 80%. And I thought, <laughs> well, actually, you're talking about a quarter of a star difference there. Yeah. Yes, I gave it 75%. Yeah. I'd have probably said a four out of five show, yeah. So yeah, I was, yeah, 80%. Because I, I thought the wrestling up and down the card was great. There wasn't a bad match on the card. Love the scissoring. I, the scissoring thing. thing I thought was great. But there <laughs> wasn't a bad segment on the show. But I think that the Sammy, uh, Sammy and Andrade stuff did overshadow it, I think, in the aftermath, because I didn't know about it when I was watching the show. Well, I didn't know about that when I had written the review. Uh, yeah, well, that's interesting. So I gave that score before then. Mm. I'm just not that excited the, well, about the, yeah. what happens next in this promotion right I, now. I think that's the key to AEW at the moment, mm. is that while the shows are good and the wrestling is very good, there's no real driving force. Yeah. There's no pa not, not passion, I don't want to say there's no passion for the company, but there's no big hot angle. I think like WWE has only got one really hot angle at the moment, which is the Bloodline and Sammy, mm. but it's the best thing and in the wrestling. Bray. And, Bray. and the White Rabbit. But I think the White Rabbit, I think has lost a bit of steam, but it will pick steam back yeah, up yeah. at an extreme rule. So then they'll have two hot things in wrestling. And of course, as I said earlier, the Judgment Day is the best thing on Raw. <laughs> so that's three massively hot things. 
and I don't think Dynamite has got that big hot thing at the moment. Uh, well, before we get on with our remaining redacted chats, let's say a big thank you to our wonderful Pledge Hammers on Patreon, the venerable Jesse Venable, the cleaner Kenny Shaw, the British Bulldog Philip Boy J. Smith Jr., WrestleTalk's personal ring announcer Rodrigo Benitez, Ronald Coleman, baby. He can last Sean for longer than you in the ring. Starbucks, Stephen Costa, Shield Maiden, the Zornice, Will, the MS Warrior Stuart, He Ran, Aran, Hanoran, The Baker, Adam Cakebread, and lastly for this Hall of Fame class on the 6th of October 2022, The Machine Gun, <laughs> Alex Anderson. Uh, I cannot find. Oh, there it is, my moderator's chat. Yes, thank you very much, everybody, for those pledges uh we've we're recording our rest talk extra next week week after week after we did bts yesterday the behind the scenes show exactly where the mailbag go up this week myself and pete answering all of your <coughs> questions next week it will be the behind the scenes show myself ollie pete and tempest giving you like the the behind the scenes goss here at wrestle talk your experiences of being at royal quest 2 yeah. and all the fun that was around that editor terry's thoughts on the show <laughs> and why she loved uh, tetsu naito and a whole host of other stuff. Yeah. It's a really, really fun time. And then we don't know what we're reviewing yet for WrestleTalk Extra. If I was a betting man looking at the, at the suggestions that have come in, I think Battleground 2013 stands a strong chance of winning. <coughs> With that, Randy Orton, Daniel Bryan match. So I'm pulling for Bound for Glory 2005. <laughs> Right, these remaining redacted chats. The Milkman, Wheeler Utah, is the Ricky Steamboat to MJF's Ric Flair. Perfect comparison. I hope we get to see them more of them together in the future. Yes. Carl Jeffries, why did Luchasaurus go heel? What did Christian mean when he said he knew what happened to Marco Stunt? Why did FTR leave the pinnacle? Considering Daddy's Save America, what happened to Tully? Who caked Kevin Owens? Is Veer still coming soon? Who knows? I can answer some of those. Um... I think scissoring daddies can save America. Uh, Tully, I think, is gone. Uh, and Kevin Owens has said in interviews that Vince McMahon was the one who threw the pie at Kevin Owens. And Veers in NXT. Yeah. Michael Lopez. Like Ollie, the Ring of Honor titles have been a distraction. But last night, like many AEW storylines, it came around for me. The theme of honor from MJF to Jericho made the three-year anniversary show feel intentional. Let's be patient, fans. I love AEW. Spencer Trainer. Hey boys, love dynamite. Respect from MJF. National Scissoring Day. Willow gets the pin. That's all I need in my life. Hope you hope you get keep doing well, gents. I imagine. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Marcel Art said, I feel like my interest in AEW is starting to decrease. The way of Soraya's involvement in the women's division feels like it's making the situation even worse. Imagine the women getting the same ROH uh, has on AEW TV and vice versa. The drama isn't helping either. Apples. Imagine the women getting the time ROH has. Yeah. Oh, I see. What so, you like mean. the dedication, yeah. the dedicated TV time that ROH is getting. Well, this was a good week for the women's division. So. I agree. And last week was like the longest segment they've had. Like Soraya, while you may think that she is distracting from the women's division, she because she is a star from outside and is a name to a degree. Mm -hmm. 
more time is being given to the women's sins. And I think yeah. that they are trying to make, you know, one match a week and only help so much. Mr. Higglesby said, hello, Luke, it's me, Mr. Higglesby. Question for the lovely time with the boys. How do you feel about JAS winning all of the Ring of Honor titles and making it sports entertainment? Also, I'm loving the series two of my GM so far. Well, I'm not surprised. I just signed you, Mr. Higglesby. <laughs> um, I... It, it means that 2.0 will have to be FTR for those Yeah, guys. and the pure title is with Garcia. So, no, I don't think that works. But I do I do enjoy the storyline quite a lot. TJ, Sammy Guevara has been in multiple backstage altercations with multiple people in the last four months. I guess Eddie Kingston and Andrade are the problem, not the guy who, uh, not the guy that throws the first punch. I get Andrade's upset, but he wasn't the instigator. It's BS, I think. Well, we don't know. We and don't there's, know. There's only two altercations... Was Kingston and Andrade? Yeah, and Kingston slapped Gavark and he got suspended for that. By all reports, Andrade was the instigator here. Hmm. But that's only going by the reports we've had thus far. Apparently, Sean has said he's got some more stories coming out later today, which is going to make Blackpool Content Club a little bit outdated. Uh, Devin Mercer, how is it the people who are involved in trying to break up the punk elite melee were suspended for at least twenty, uh, at least for a few days? But Sammy Guevara, who's been involved in two backstage incidents, he had to be suspended for has yet to be suspended for twenty minutes. Very different scenarios. The punk elite one seems to have a lot of legal ramifications. They did a full investigation. It's still ongoing. Still ongoing. Um, Sammy, as we just said, was not the instigator by all accounts. Eddie has admitted as much. Uh, to, to For all we know, he is the offended party. So that's why. But because he is Sammy, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people will just see him instantly as the villain because... He often is. He's worked them into a shoot. <laughs> Mark of Steel. This is this is exhausting. I just want the company that brought me back to wrestling to do better and flourish. Uh, Riot DR, even in pain, I'm sure Regal could still tie me me in knots. If Lord Regal, at 90 years old, in a wheelchair, whipped out a pair of knuckle dusters and glared in my direction, I will not test that man. Unrelated, mate. Fantastic roll-ups in the opener. Yeah, good point. I know I said that at the start, but that was more for comedic effect. I could listen to every podcast Regal talks about, all these medical issues and brushes with death. If he came towards me, I am running as fast as I can. Absolutely. Unless, of course, you know, I just start talking about step toe and son. And then oh. I might try to appeal to his, yeah, yeah, yeah. his human side. And a cup of tea, put it <laughs> in his hand. I, I could talk to you about sitcoms from the 1970s. <laughs> um, without a name, donated to say, see, this is how you utilize Brian Cage. Big beefy boys flying through the oh, air yes. and crashing into each other. Wardlow has assimilated Jeff Hardy's <laughs> moveset and performs them as if he's 1999 Jeff Hardy. So is the TN title, the TNT title, the athletic big man belt now? No idea. Brett Guy, I will be at the Cincinnati show with my five-year-old who loves AEW, and my dad who hasn't watched wrestling since the Attitude Era. Oh. Taz is my new favorite thing on commentary. Yeah, he, he is so funny. Great. Tyler Robinson, I wanted to know if you guys had any predictions for GCW Fight Club's main event, because it's Mox versus Nick Cage, title versus career. It's this coming weekend. A match that was booked before Mox was AEW, officially AEW world champion. Mm. And we've seen in the past that Tony is very protective of his champions and his stars in other promotions when they go out and they're not allowed to lose. As he should be. As he should be. But this is Nick Gage's career on the line. Yeah, I th- it's certainly intriguing. I, I it could go either way. I'd probably say Gage wins, though. I like actually what Tyler <clears throat> said here. I think MJF might show up. That's a nice touch, yeah. 
Matt Carney said, WWE went from 100% control everything dynamics to a more healthier 50% creative control, 50% creative freedom. I don't know if that's true. No. Better creative, but still 100%. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah. It's just better creative. It's 100% better creative, but there's there's no, like, creative control with the wrestlers. Uh, Will AEW realize that their uh, honorable goal of a carefree, casual workplace will fail? Freedom control should be married, lest chaos reigns. I don't know if that's true either. Yeah, we we had a good two years with this. We've had a bad... Two and a half. We've had, like, a bad six months and a three-year period. I was like, what company needs to change everything they're doing? Nothing ever worked. (laughs) Uh, John Wick 1GM give Hangman the chase for the title Hangman has the match won then runs down MJF i.e. Seth at Wrestlemania cashes in the chip takes out Hangman and pins Moxley I love that yeah yeah. I'll hot tag back um, let me just refresh Cassidy Delaney hi there lads what a fantastic show those first two matches were wonderful so hope we get Darby J2 also the two tiny bits of Hangman scissoring Aubrey and Hager shouting I like this hat Best line it's likely ever to have. Mm -hmm. Uh, German Chavez. This is from the Raw Review. Uh, Hey Luke, first Ultra Chat ever, and just wanted to let you know I'm hosting a game night inspired by Quizzlemania tonight for my friends revolving around gaming, mainly Pokemon. Thank you for everything you've done for us. Well, I hope it went well for you. That Rye guy. I, as a child in Australia, I somehow owned a DVD which was night two to a random 1PW show in 2006. So imagine my excitement when I heard 1PW was making a comeback. There was a point where I had about three separate copies on DVD of the same 1PW show. (laughs) I don't know how it happened. Yeah. I'd just go to shows and like, because you just want to buy something, don't you? Yeah. So get get it from the merch stand. I don't know. I had that with um, FWA. Yeah. Like, because I used to live in Portsmouth. So I'd go to like FWA shows and buy DVDs. And I just had a DVD with the same AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels match mm-hmm. on it. Or like the same Johnny Storm and Jody Fleisch match. Because they're like, the best of FWA volume, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, the best of FWA, these types of matches. But I was like, oh, it's that AJ Styles, Christopher <laughs> Daniels match. Good. I love this match. Um... Oh, I did have a reminder <coughs> for this. Sorry, this was, I, yeah. So thank you for reminding us this, Mods. So we, I went to the New Japan show on Monday with a bunch of, Sunday, with a bunch of the other people from the office. Luke wasn't there. But there, we met a lovely couple of uh, chaps called Tyler and Bryce, and they bought us all a round of drinks. So, hey. Thanks, Tyler and Bryce. Lovely to meet you. Yeah, I, I, were, I was not there, but I have heard nothing but lovely mm. things to be said about you. So thank you very much for buying my friend's drinks. I had just seen the 1PW balcony dive and I just went, watch this to them. <laughs> in, in return for the beers. I was like, yes. Uh, Mayor of Painesville, Dan. Hello, Luke and Ollie. Hopefully things are going well for you and uh, and I'm not. You got my and if not, you got my support. I see you are sponsored by One PW, and I can't believe my eyes. This is exciting stuff. Hopefully, you can do an Ulf Herman interview soon. A legendary performer. Yeah, he's on the card. He's mad. Uh, but yeah, yeah, everyone, remember, please go and support British wrestling. Check out One PW and the link below. Stephen Costa, member for six months. <coughs> Hello, lads. Hope you're okay. Thanks for all the content. I especially like Luke shouting the caps. Uh, it was. Bloody uh, brilliant. Bloody brilliant. Yeah, that was in yesterday's news episode. I kept shouting anytime they used all caps in their uh, tweets back and forth between Sammy and Andrade. <laughs> oh, um, I, it, was a, it was honestly a spur of the moment thing. <laughs> and then by the time I had to do the fourth tweet, I kind of regretted it. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it's like when you used to have those lengthy quotes, and you're like, I'm going to do an accent. <laughs> and by the end, you're like, oh, why have I done oh, this? No. Uh, last one's just coming here from Juan Villa, who's been a member for 14 months in a row, who said, White Rabbit, to what end? If Bray shows up, what's next? I'm glad to say I've been watching AEW since day one, but these are some tough times. Yeah. Well, you know, hopefully Bray Wyatt can do what he should have done three years ago and be the most exciting thing in wrestling when AEW first launched Dynamite. But yeah, thank you very much for joining us here today. Please do go check out 1PW. Links in the video description below. It, it's li it's not live, but it's, it was obviously at the weekend, but it's debuting tonight on Fight TV. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. This has been Luco in DAD. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed. And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.